Recorded live. God is good. We thank you today, Jesus, for another beautiful day, for life, health, and strength. God is so good all the time, all the time. God is so good all the time, all the time. God is so Church, Kinston, North Carolina, USA. 
I'd like to welcome you all once again to another edition of Teaching the Word, where sound doctrine is brought to the ears of thousands of God's people all over the world. We will bless the Lord at all times. His praises will continually be in our mouth. Here we go. All the time, all the time, all the time, all the time. One more time. All the time, all the time, all the time, all the time. precious name of Jesus Christ, our strength, our redeemer, our very present help in a time of trouble. We thank God for another privilege and opportunity to worship him in spirit and in truth. God has been very good to us, and it is a privilege and honor to be able to thank him and to appreciate him for so many great things he is doing to us, through us, and for us. For those of you that have been following the broadcast, You know that we are working on our most recent topic entitled Different Kinds of Pharaohs. Different kinds of pharaohs. In other words, you know, there are different types of individuals that are in leadership position. Uh, Sometimes individuals want to use as an excuse for rebellion the type of leadership that they have. Oh, my supervisor is harsh and cool, so, you know, I'm not going to do anything. Or, you know, my, my... uh, husband is not doing right, so I'm going. I'm not going to submit to his headship. Or, or my parents, mama's a crack addict, and you know, so I ain't as a son. I ain't got to 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 uh, honor her. Absolutely wrong. Regardless of the, the 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 character of the individual that God has placed over you or I, the uh, respect for the position is still to be maintained. Even Jesus told his disciples. He said, you must obey the the Pharisees and the teachers of the law and do everything they tell you, but do not do what they do because they do not practice 
what they preach. He said they sit in Moses' seat. Moses' seat was a seat of God-ordained authority. Now, even though individuals may not be doing all of what they should be doing, that seat of God-ordained authority is still uh, from God. Romans chapter 13, verse 1 lets us to know that everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established, and the authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, he who rebels against authority is rebels against authority. Remember, it's the authority. You want to keep in mind it's the, the position of authority. There's a position of authority that Christ has over every man. Now, if you're rebelling against that, then you get yourself in trouble. There's a position of authority that God has placed with husband over wife. You rebel against that, you're going to get yourself into trouble. There's a position of authority that God has placed parents over children. That God, the, he who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And the Bible says that those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. You say, Apostle, what does that mean? You out there rebelling against authority because you find some fault in the authority, you're bringing judgment on yourself. You are bringing judgment on yourself. Oh, my husband, he ain't doing, he ain't doing everything he's supposed to do, so I ain't got to listen to him. Are you doing everything you're supposed to do? Oh, my, my parents, they ain't doing everything they're supposed to do as a child, so I ain't going to listen to what they got to say. Are you doing everything you're supposed to do as a child? Oh, my supervisor, they ain't doing all like they're supposed to do. Are you doing everything you're supposed to do on a job? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the shoe is on the other foot now. The finger's pointing in a different direction. All of us have shortcomings, weaknesses, flaws, failures, sin, but the position of authority, God will honor those who honor God's ordained authority. Let me say that again. God will honor those who honor God's ordained authority. This is one of the reasons, and God is placing in my spirit, why God was so pleased with David. Even though Saul, the first king of the nation of Israel, was nuts, he lost his cotton-picking mind, started consulting witches and trying to get folk brought up from the dead, chasing David all around, throwing spears at him. David refused to lift his hand against the Lord's anointed. Some of you all understand my voice. You feel like it's all right to lift your hands against the Lord's anointed because you find some fault, because you find some sin, and you get yourself in trouble with God. You have different kinds of pharaohs. You have different kinds of leaders. You have different kinds of individuals in authority. We have been given the instruction by God to submit ourselves to governing authorities. I guarantee you, child of God, as you submit yourself to the God-ordained authorities, you will be blessed. Now, we looked at uh, capital A in our outline. We looked at pharaohs who see physically. Pharaohs who see physically. We looked at Genesis chapter 12, verse 15. We looked at Exodus chapter 8, verse 15. Then it brought us down to capital B, where we are uh, this evening, pharaohs that see spiritually. Pharaohs that see spiritually. And I, I regret that we had some technical difficulties earlier Today, as we were looking at number one under capital B in Exodus chapter 7, verse 11, Exodus chapter 7, verse 11, how that when Moses went before Pharaoh, threw the staff down, he and Amon threw the staff down, their staff turned into a snake. Pharaoh was like, you know, that ain't no big deal to me. He summoned his wise men. He summoned his enchanters and magicians. They came and did the same. You say, Apostle, what are you trying to get us to understand? Pharaoh was a man that was, that was fully aware of the supernatural and the spiritual realm. He was not a man that was blind to the spiritual and the supernatural realm. The problem was that he had been operating in the demonic. 
in the black arts, in the, 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 the spiritual realm that was opposed to God. But even Moses, when he first threw the staff down and it turned into a snake, he took off running. When he came in through the staff down in front of Pharaoh, it turned into a, a, a snake. Moses didn't run anywhere. I mean, uh, Pharaoh. Pharaoh didn't run anywhere. He summoned the magicians. He summoned the sorcerers. Look, I've seen that trick before. That's not so Pharaoh was a man that saw in the spiritual. The problem was he spent too much time looking into the darkness. In the spiritual realm, you have darkness and you have light. Pharaoh was fully fully uh, accustomed to and aware of the darkness in the, the supernatural. And that was why when Moses threw his staff down, it turned into a snake. Pharaoh didn't feel like that was no big deal. What? What? I done seen, I done seen stuff turn into stuff before my boys have done that. But he had to find out later, just as God had tried to show him by Moses' staff swallowing up Pharaoh's staff and Pharaoh's magician's staff, God had, that, was, that was God's way of trying to show Pharaoh that my power, God's power, is over all the power of these boys you got running around here. And God is sending that same message to some of you under the sound of my voice tonight. His power is over all the power of the mind readers, over all the power of the the witches, all the power of the fortune tellers, sorcerers, all the power of your your hypnotists, all that little stuff that that, that men and and, and demons and and the devil have got to cook themselves up. God's power is over it, and at a pointed time, God's power is going to swallow it all up. Brings us on down to Genesis. Number two, under capital B, Pharaoh, that C spiritually. We're going to look at Genesis chapter 41 and 17. Genesis chapter 41 and 17. We're still looking at Pharaohs that see what? Spiritually. See, what you've got to understand on the sound of my voice, everybody's spiritual. God has created us with spirit, soul, and body. And you're going to find out at the end of the day, if you don't know that you have been operating on the side of a great spiritual battle. Now, I want to be careful because we had some technical difficulties. I hope that uh, the broadcast is able to complete itself this evening and not freeze up. Uh, Genesis chapter, what did we say? 41 and 17. From the New International Version, our scripture reads, Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, In my dream I was standing on the bank of the Nile. In my dream I was standing on the bank of the Nile. Capital B, Pharaoh that sees spiritually. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, thank you today. This evening, Father, for another day that you have allowed us to see. We thank you, Father, for jobs. Thank you for finances. Thank you for uh, food, clothing, shelter. So many things, Father, that you do so often and so regular for us that if we are not sensitive, we can take these things for granted. But, Father, you know, we want to pause reverently and, and appreciate you and reverence you and honor you for all that you have done, all that you you are doing, and Father, we, we trust that you have even greater things in store for us. Uh, forgive us again, Father, of our sins and, and 
uh, iniquities, and we ask, Father, that you just continue to lead and guide us by your word and by your spirit, that we may become uh, the people, uh, the nation, the generation that you will be pleased with. We trust, Father, that you are going to do these things for us as we study to show ourselves approved unto you, workmen who need not to be ashamed, but who rightly divide your word of truth. We ask these blessings and all others in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen and amen. Pharaohs that see spiritually. Now, this is Joseph's Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, in my dream, I was standing on the bank of the Nile. Now, understand that that dreams always mean something. Just, just keep that in mind. Now, dreams always mean something. Just as thoughts always mean something. Just as words always mean something. In other words, there's a reason why we say what we say. There's a reason why we speak what we speak. There's a reason why we do what we do, good, bad, whatever. There's a reason. What you dream, there is a reason. Now, oftentimes in the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament, and God can still do it today, but oftentimes in the Old Testament, God would communicate his will. He would communicate uh, the destiny of an individual. He could, would communicate events that were to come through dreams. Joseph had two dreams when he was a young man. He interpreted those two dreams and got him hated by his family. When he was in prison, he heard two dreams. He interpreted those two dreams, used his gift. They got him forgotten about and left in prison. Pharaoh had two dreams. Joseph used his gift interpreted the two dreams, he got, it, got him lifted to second in command in all of Egypt. Same gift, different congregation. Keep in mind that, that whatever gift, thank you, Holy Spirit, God says whatever gift I have given you, I also have a congregation. I already have a group of people that has been marked out to hear your gift, to hear what I have placed within you. God says, I've already got them marked out. Sometimes God says, some of my people are getting themselves in trouble trying to force their gift on the wrong congregation. Trying to Joseph got himself in trouble trying to use his gift in front of his brothers. Yeah, of course, they're my brothers. They're my family. You know, surely they would appreciate it. They were the ones that gave him, gave him plenty of problems. Shared his gift with individuals in prison. Got him forgotten about. Shared his gift with Pharaoh. And Pharaoh lifted him to the highest position in the land. Be careful who you share your gift with. Your gift is not for everybody. Your talent is not for everybody. One of the things, you know, around here has been, has been telling me for years, because sometimes, you know, we'd be in places, I'd be like, man, why don't so-and-so or these individuals that grab up? Everything is not for everybody. The Bible tells us every good and perfect gift is from above. Well, not everybody is, is, is God don't have plans of sharing his good and perfect gifts with everybody. Salvation is not for everybody. Let's not, let's not fool ourselves. Salvation is for the elect. <laughs> it ain't for everybody. All y'all out there hearing my voice, salvation ain't for you. Now, 
you know, you got the opportunity, you got the, you know, but God knows it's not for everybody. If it was for everybody, there wouldn't be any need for hell. Salvation is not for everybody. Oh, we'd love for salvation to be for all our children. We'd love for salvation to be for all our family members. We love for, if everybody's children was, was saved, wouldn't nobody go to hell? If everybody's family was saved, wouldn't nobody go to hell? Well, nobody, because we all related to somebody in, in one way or another. Everybody's, everybody's somebody's son or daughter. So salvation, no, no, it's not for everybody. It's for the elect. It's for the elect. Blessings of God, they're not for everybody. Come on, let's quit telling that a lot of people, got people feeling like. Because, see, if they're for everybody, if we keep believing that they're for everybody, then we see people that are not operating or don't have them, then we feel like somehow God is maybe cheating them or withholding. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Blessings of God are for those who line themselves up with the word of God. Good health is not for everybody. Come on now. What are you talking about? It's not for everybody. Now, it's out there, you know, the, the, the opportunity to, to get it is out there, but it's not. Riches are not for everybody. Jesus told, Jesus told his disciples, the poor you have with you always. So come on, now let's, 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 let's be real. Let's be real. Some of, some of us, under the sound of my voice, will never see six figures in a year. Some of us. Some of us will never see seven figures in a year, some of us. So you got to understand that everything is not for everybody. But what we, we all are instructed to do, we've we got to work with what we have. Oh, mega church. All of us are not going to preach. All of us are not going to have uh, 15,000 people in our congregation. Mm-mm. God said, don't let that stop you. From, from being faithful with the 15 that are in your congregation. You work with what you have. You do the best you can with what you have, and at the end of the day, what God will say to you is, well done, good and faithful servant. Everybody's not going to have children. Everybody's not. Everybody's not. Do the best you can with what do do. Be faithful with what you have. And this is this, you know, as we talk about Joseph so many times, that was one of his hallmarks. He was faithful wherever he found himself. In a family of brothers and sisters that didn't love him, or a family of brothers that didn't love him, Joseph was faithful. In Potiphar's house with a with a with a married woman that was lusting after him and, and, and wanted to try to get him in bed, he was faithful. In prison where he had been falsely accused and and lied on, and, and it, he was faithful. So faithfulness was his was his track record. So when he, you see, 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 some of us we want to wait until you know we get lifted up. Then all of a sudden we won't start being faithful. Mm-mm. Give me the individual that faithful when ain't nobody watching. Some of us want to wait, man. I get me a church with a. I get me a church with a thousand people in it. I'll preach every day. How come you ain't preaching every day in your church with ten people? Great people, people that truly understand greatness, they understand greatness in obscurity. One of the saints is quoting, despise not the day of small beginnings. 
People that understand greatness, they understand greatness. They understand hard work. They understand faithfulness in obscurity. They understand doing what you're supposed to do when ain't nobody around. They understand doing what you're supposed to do when ain't nobody supporting you. Because as long as God is supporting you, that's more than enough. And what the Lord has placed in my spirit, I remember, you know, uh, years ago training to go over, training in basketball to go over to China to play and uh, against some of their Olympic players and some of their professional basketball players, and we had the basketball court in, in the back, and I remember going out doing my drills right by myself, and I was standing on the free throw line, and I was shooting free throws. That was part of my drills. You know, after I had run and, and worked and worked myself and got myself very tired, I would shoot my free throws. And I remember getting over, when we went over to China, you know, this was before the NBA started going all into China and, you know, uh, that whole wave of, of things. And, and they were looking at us like NBA players, you know, these American basketball players. Thousands of people were coming trying to get to our games. I remember once we had uh, a 12-car motorcade, six cars in the front, six vehicles in the back, sirens flashing, people lining the streets. I was like, I told one of the, the young men on the team, I said, look, man, I said, you need to get this on video. I said, we're going to get back to the States. People are not going to believe this. People were lining up the streets just to catch a glimpse of the American basketball players. We're playing in front of crowds, 10,000, 15,000 people. It was a great experience. But I remember getting fouled in one of the games. Boom, had to go to the free throw line. And about 10,000, 15,000 people all around. And I'm just looking, standing there kind of looking. I'm like, look at what, what's going on here. And the Lord spoke in my spirit while I was at the free throw line. He said, Robin, the free throw shot, and I'm paraphrasing because it's been a long time. He said, it's the same shot that you were shooting. It's the same distance that you were shooting from when you were shooting in your backyard, same distance. Now, we just got a great cloud of witnesses. But the same thing that I had been practicing and doing when I was alone is now the same thing that I'm, I'm having to do in front of multitudes. So if you really want to, 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 to uh, move and be elevated, get in the habit of doing when you write by yourself what you hope to do in the limelight or in front of the masses. One of the saints and I were talking about uh, coaching, um, and I thank God for some of the lessons learned in the coaching profession. You know, you got history teachers at the school. You've got math teachers. You've got, you know, so, uh, uh, what are some of the other subjects? Chemistry. You've got all kinds of things. But coaches are a very unique brand, and this is one of the reasons why a lot of times coaches are almost treated, if you're a good coach, almost treated like a movie star at high schools and colleges and different things. Why? Because, you know, I know that there's some good chemistry teachers at Duke University, but I couldn't call their name, but I can call Coach K's name. I know that there's some good history teachers at the University of Kentucky, but I can't call their name, but I can call John Calipari. Why? Because coaches, we have the, we, we, we have the very unique responsibility of our work being displayed in front of a great, great cloud of witnesses. History teacher at, or chemistry teacher at Duke University, you know, make one or two mistakes, ah, you know, okay, well, maybe not. But if Coach K is out there doing something that's crazy, the whole country, it'll be all over the world in a matter of minutes, a matter of seconds, actually. So, so, so you know, coaches have to, to discipline themselves and have to understand that uh, they must – good coaches. They must attend to detail. They must make sure things right. They must work hard because everybody's going to see what they do. Everybody will be hearing what they say. As a coach, 
one of the things is saying you because you you'll take the blame. A lot of times it's the players when something good is going on, but a lot of times it's the coach when something bad is going on. So understanding that 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 faithfulness see is a, is one of the one of the most important components and ingredients in great in greatness. Faithfulness. It was Joseph's faithfulness that got him sent to prison, and it was Joseph's faithfulness that got him brought up out of prison. See, Apostle, what you got in that? Faithfulness can cause some bad things to happen to you. Faithfulness can cause some good things to happen to you. But in the long run, faithfulness will always cause the good things that happen to you to overshadow the bad things. Pharaoh said to Joseph, in my dream. Well, what was this? What was, what was Pharaoh's dream? Pharaoh's dream was a communication from God as to re- regarding future events. It was a communication. It was a, spiritual, it was a spiritual communication. So understand that, that every one of your dreams is a spiritual communication. It's just not that every one of your dreams is a spiritual communication from God. Just like God can talk to us in our, in, our, in our soul, Satan can talk to us. So some dreams are from God. God is showing you something. God is revealing something to you. Some dreams is just, it's just from the devil. Just like some words that people speak. That's, that's from God. That's God talking. Some words people speak, that's just the devil. In my dream. I was standing on the bank of the Nile when out of the river there came up seven cows, fat and sleek, and they grazed among the reeds. After them, seven other cows came up, scrawny, very ugly and lean. I had never seen such ugly cows in all the land of Egypt. The lean and ugly cows, uh uh-oh, ate up the seven fat cows that came up first. But even after they had ate them, no one could tell that they had done so. They looked just as ugly as before. Then I woke up. Here was a communication with God. Here was God's way of speaking to this great king and letting him to know what was going to take place in the not-so-distant future. Now, God is communicating with all leaders. All leaders. That's that you know because leadership, uh, 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 leadership is God ordained authority. So if you're a leader, I don't understand my voice. Whether you're a father, a parent, a mother, whether you are employee, employer rather, you know whether you are captain, whatever. God is communicating. The question is, one, are you listening? And two, are you if you don't understand what God is saying, are you willing to hear from a man or woman of God that does? Number one, are you listening? And number two, if you, know, if you don't understand, are you willing to hear from a man or woman of God that does understand? This was God's communication to Pharaoh. Problem was, Pharaoh didn't understand what it meant. In comes Joseph. So you've got to have a Joseph in your life. You've got to have somebody in your life that understands what God is showing you.
Pharaoh said, in my dream, I also saw, saw seven heads, heads of grain, full and good, growing on a single stalk. After them, seven other heads sprouted, withered and thin, scorched by the east wind. The thin heads of grain swallowed up the seven good heads. I told this to the magicians, but none could explain it to me. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, the dreams of Pharaoh are one and the same. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he's about to do. God, so, so, so God, Joseph said, look, God has revealed to you what he's about to do. But even in your revelation, you need an explanation of the revelation. See, some of you all, you can get a revelation, but then you need an explanation of the revelation. Just having a revelation, you know, Daniel had a revelation. But he didn't understand what was going on. Angel had to come fight in the supernatural and the spiritual realm to bring him an explanation of the revelation. So, no, we don't just want revelation, Father. We want explanation of the revelation. Make it plain so we can understand the revelation, so we can understand what you are about to do to us, through us, and for us. Father, we want to get close enough to you, study your word so, so that we can catch a glimpse, so that you can explain to us what you can ready to do so that you can explain to us what you're doing. Some of us don't even understand what God is doing. If we don't get an explanation, we won't even understand what God is doing in our business. We won't even understand what God is doing in our, in our marriages, in our finances. We won't even understand. So what we need is an explanation of the revelation. God communicated. It's much like somebody saying something to you in Spanish, but you don't understand Spanish. What do you need? An interpreter. Joseph, in essence, God had communicated to Pharaoh. God said, you know, I'm showing you exactly what I'm going to do. Well, Pharaoh didn't understand the language. See, God's got a language. God's got a language. Pharaoh, Joseph, was basically an interpreter. He interpreted God's communication and put it in terms so that Pharaoh could understand it. This is basically what the gift of teaching is in the body of Christ. It's putting the word of God in, in a language so that you can understand it. Oh, you can read the scripture all day, all day. Like Philip came up to the Ethiopian eunuch, but then he asked him, he said, do you what? Understand what you are reading. He said the seven good cows are seven years, and the seven gold, good heads of grain are seven years. It is one in the same dream. Seven lean, ugly cows that came up afterwards are seven years, and so are the seven worthless heads of grain scorched by the east wind. They are seven years of famine. It is just as I said to Pharaoh. God has shown Pharaoh what he's about to do. God has shown Pharaoh. See, God is so often he can show you something, but if he don't send you somebody that, that, that help you see, he can show you something and you still don't see it. He can tell you something and you still don't hear. God talks in the scriptures about having eyes, but they still can't see. Having ears, but they still can't hear. Having eyes to see, but they're still not perceiving. Having ears to hear, but they're still not understanding. We want God to explain this thing to us so that we can grasp it. What got Joseph lifted to such a high position, he had to ability to explain the things of God so that people could grasp it. Now, that got him in trouble sometimes. <laughs> got him in trouble with his brothers. 
Because what he did was he made what God was saying, what God was about to do, he made it so plain that they couldn't even deny it. And see, this is why a lot of individuals don't like sound doctrine, because what sound doctrine is is it make God's word so plain that now you're without excuse for your selfishness. Now you're without excuse for your laziness. Now you're without excuse for your lust. Now we're without excuse for your, for your we're without excuse when it's plain. Now that Joseph has explained this thing to Pharaoh, Pharaoh we're talking about Pharaoh's that see spiritually. Pharaoh saw spiritually, but he didn't understand what he saw. He saw spiritually, but he didn't understand what he saw. Seven years, verse 29, of great abundance are coming throughout the land of Egypt. For seven years of famine will follow them. Then all the abundance in Egypt will be forgotten, and the famine will ravage the land. The abundance in the land will not be remembered because the famine that follows it will be so severe. Now, I want you all to keep that in mind because there's a famine coming to this country. Famine coming. It's not going to be very long. Now, we've enjoyed abundance. God has blessed this country. God has blessed this nation like no other place that I, I have ever seen or ever been to. There were seven years of abundance in Egypt. But what did we use the abundance to do to try in many, in many respects to try to get as far away from God, as far away from the things of God, try to get God out of school system, try to get God out of politics, try to get God out of marriage now, try to get God out of everything. So God said, all right, since you didn't just quite appreciate my abundance, try this famine on. And when this famine comes, mark my words, some of you all will forget the abundance that ever existed in this land. This is a very, very critical time in this great country. God is about to do something. Joseph said, look, I'm, try Joseph said, look, I'm trying to tell you now. You, you jump out there, don't believe Joseph if you want to thousands of years ago. Then when the famine hit, now you're scratching around trying to, trying to get you a little something to eat. Don't believe God's true prophets and, and true apostles today. And then when the famine hits, see, famine is just basically what, what famine is where God dry up and stop up stuff, stuff that was flowing abundantly, flowing freely, stuff that was easy, that God said no more, no more. Since you didn't appreciate how easy it was to, to, to take a, a dollar and go to the supermarket and buy a loaf of bread, try buying a loaf of bread for $100. Since you didn't appreciate how, how easy it was to have 24-hour electricity in, in your homes, you really didn't appreciate it. You complaining and murmuring, try maybe getting it one or two hours out of the day. Anytime we stop being appreciative and stop being thankful of what God has done or what we're doing, it's just a matter of time before God shut it down. Just a matter of time. Now, our government running around here just printing money, printing money, printing money, printing money, just printing money. Close to 18, at least this is what they tell us, close to $18 trillion in debt. That's a recipe for disaster. Every other country that you study about that has, that has done this has ended up with, with mass, mass inflation and a collapsed economy. Every other country. You will not find a country in, in, in modern or, or, or not so modern history that was able to survive 
on that on that kind of path. One of the saints has mentioned Germany. You got many African countries that have tried the same thing, and the whole economy collapsed. Children of God, this is a very very serious and a very very time where you need to be as close to God as you possibly can. Because life, as, as many of us knew it in this country, is about to come to a change. It's about to come to a, it's going to come to a screeching change. Joseph says, look, I'm trying to tell you something. God says, this thing is real clear. Yeah. Joseph said, look, I spent enough time with God. I spent enough time in the presence of God to know not only what God is doing now, but God has been showing me what he's going to do in the future for a long time. And Joseph said, what's going to happen is these seven years that's getting ready to come, you're going to forget all about them seven years of, of abundance. You, you won't even remember that. It's going, to be so, it's going to be so rough around here. Joseph said the reason the dream was given to Pharaoh in two forms is that the matter has been firmly decided by God, and God will do it soon. Now, Pharaoh, see, now. You say, Apostle, what you were driving. See, now that you've been hit with this kind of prophecy, now that you've been hit with this kind of revelation and explanation of the truth and revelation of what God gave me to do, what are you going to do now? Because not only will God tell you what he's going to do, if you listen to his prophets and his, his apostles, God will tell you what you need to do when he do that. Now, Joseph just hit Pharaoh right in the middle of the forehead that this whole economy, this whole nation that you've been seeing and everything been going, going real, real smooth and going real glorious and going right, it's getting ready to come to a screeching halt. Now, Joseph said, now I'm getting ready. Now, Joseph said, look, I just hit you with the gift of interpretation of dreams. Joseph said, now I'm getting ready to hit you with the gift of wisdom. Now, let Pharaoh look for a discerning and wise man and put him in charge of the land of Egypt. See, part of the reason why the land of Egypt was falling because you didn't have discerning and wise men that were put in position of leadership. That's part of the reason God says that this country is going to fall because you didn't have discerning and wise men in positions of leadership. You want to raise up the, in positions of leadership men with all kind of characters, men that tell you any kind of lie on voting day, men tell you all spending money on, and, and now. Because what got you in the mess was you had the wrong kind of leadership. And Joseph said what's going to help get you out of the mess and bring you out of the mess is to get the right man in charge. <clears throat> ah, interesting. This is first bread, children. God, I've been preaching this right here about 30 years, and the Lord just showing me this right here. And now let Pharaoh look for a discerning and wise man. Some of you all out there been listening to fools, been listening to all kind of nonsensical preachings and teachings, all kind of nonsensical. But now what you better start looking for, now you say, Apostle, what we do now, you just hit us with this prophecy. What we need to do, you better look for a discerning and wise man, that one that know God and know the truth of God, and start following behind those instructions that are given. Joseph said, hey, now, hey, God ain't got it. God's still doing stuff about the same way. God's still doing stuff about the same way. God doesn't change. God said, why change? Robert, I'm perfect. God said, why do I need to change? Why would I need to change? God says, I'm perfect. God says, it's y'all. It's y'all. It's y'all that keep doing the same crazy thing generation after generation after generation. God says, and I keep, and I keep hitting you with the same thing generation after generation after generation. Because y'all keep doing the same crazy thing. When are we as a creation going to understand that being unappreciative, unthankful to God is not going to work? When, when are we going to get that? 
How many billions of people got to live, trillions of people got to live and die before humanity get that? You can't be unthankful to God. You can't do things the opposite of the way God say, and it end up turning out all right for you. Now, look for a discerning and wise man. I counsel you under the sound of my voice. Look for a discerning. Well, what is a discerning? Well, a discerning man is one that knows the difference between good and evil. Discerning man is a man that knows the difference between what you're supposed to be doing and what you're not supposed to be doing. Look for a discerning man and wise man. So a discerning and a wise man, a discerning man know the difference between what's good and evil. A wise man know that what we need to be doing is the good. We need to do this thing like God say in order for this marriage to keep working. We need to do this thing like God say. In order for this family to keep moving forward, we need to do this thing like God say. In order for this church to, to remain alive, in order for this business, in order for the blessings of God to keep flowing, we better do, we got to do this thing like God say. The Bible don't say that Noah's family was saved because of the righteousness of Mrs. Noah or Noah's oldest son, or Noah's middle boy, or no, uh-uh. It was because Noah had a revelation from God. Noah. Joseph said, look, what you need is you need a discerning and wise man. Put him in charge of the land. Let Pharaoh appoint commissioners over the land to take a fifth of the harvest of Egypt during the seven years of abundance, they should collect all the food of these good years that are coming and store up the grain under the authority of Pharaoh to be kept in the city for food. This food should be held in reserve for the country to be used during the seven years of famine, famine that will come upon Egypt so that the country may not be ruined by the famine. The Bible said the plan seemed good to Pharaoh and to all his officials. We're talking about Pharaohs that see spiritually. If this Pharaoh would have been as crazy as the Pharaoh in Moses' day, they'd have been like, Holland, get Joseph, get out of here with that foolishness you're talking about. But because this Pharaoh saw spiritually, because this Pharaoh submitted himself to the, the governance of the Spirit of God, his nation was saved. My prayer for our leaders in this great country before it's too late. I don't know, Lord, is it too late? Okay, I don't even want to share that with y'all. But uh, my prayer is that our leaders in this country will hurry up and submit themselves to the governors, the governance and, and the leadership of the Spirit of God. Joseph said that's the only thing going to save this nation, him. Joseph said that's the only thing. Now, don't you know that the average person running around in Egypt had no idea what was coming? Had no idea. Don't you know the average person in Noah's day had no idea of what was coming? Noah did. Joseph did. Don't you know that the average person in Sodom and Gomorrah had no idea of what was coming? Lot did. Why? Because God always got a man that he, he does nothing without first revealing his plans to the service of prophets. So now, if you if you, you round such a man or you up under the teachings and the, and the instruction of such a man and you get caught by surprise, that's your own fault. You won't listen good. You won't listen good. Because God does nothing. God does nothing without first revealing his plans to his servants of prophets. Now, you take them seriously if you want to or not. Pharaoh could have not took Joseph seriously and had the whole land ruined. Some of our leaders don't want to take seriously what God's true prophets got to say about America. Don't want to take seriously what God's true prophets got to say about these 
these end times. Oh, some of y'all out there, you got other. It's just like in 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 Noah's day, burying, busy getting married, buying, selling. You don't want to hear what God's prophets got to say till stuff hit. Till stuff hit. Don't you know it was prophets that prophesied the Great Depression? There were some great men and women of God that said, look, this country's getting ready to fall into a Great Depression. And it's prophets, true prophets of God today that are prophesying something much worse than the Great Depression is about to hit this country. Some of y'all are like, ah, get out of here. Nobody trying to hear that stuff. Okay. The Bible says the plan sounded good. It seemed good to Pharaoh and his officials. So Pharaoh asked them, can we find anyone like this man? One in whom is the spirit of God. Pharaoh was from a pagan, multi-God worshiping, big duck. But what he seen was some light in Joseph. What he seen was the spirit of God in operation. And before it was too late for him and his family, his officials, and his nation, he grabbed a hold of the spirit of God. My prayer for you on the sound of my voice, you better grab a hold of the spirit of God. And I don't know what you've been grabbing. I don't know what you've been running with, but you better grab hold of the Spirit of God. It's not playing time. It's not a playing time. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. You should be in charge of my palace. and All my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. I'm talking about this Pharaoh right here, this Pharaoh right here, thank God for this. I'm seeing God on the throne. Uh, this Pharaoh right here has just saved his country. This Pharaoh right here has just had enough sense to save his country. Put a man of God fresh out of prison, just got himself a shave, just got himself a bath and some new clothes. Put him in charge because of the spirit of God, the wisdom and the discernment that was in him, and got the nation saved. What you going to do out there, leader? You going to keep right on listening to fools? Keep right on running behind fools? Keep right on listening to atheists? Keep right on listening to agnostics? Keep right on listening to, to those who worship false God? Or you going to grab a hold of a man of God with the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of discernment, put him in charge, and let him fix what, what all kinds of wrong decisions and, and wrong uh, teachings and wrong, have messed up in this great country. In this country here, 50, 60% of our marriages end in divorce. You, we can't even keep marriages together in this country. How do you think you're going to keep a country together? How exactly do you think you're going to keep a country together? You can't even keep marriages together. The majority of marriages in this country, you can't even, you can't even, you, you can't even stay with your own, you can't even stay with your own wife, you can't even stay with your own husband. How do you think you're gonna keep a country together? If you, this is why termites. See, you need to understand that the marriages breaking up in this country is just like termites in a house. Termites, a little bitty thing, little bitty thing, but it'd be a whole lot of them, and them jokers be working, and them jokers be working. Until they, until they destroy the structural, the stability of the house by them constantly eating into the wood, eating into the wood. As long as marriages is, is falling apart and families is falling apart and children is rebellious, all of these is like little termites 
in our society, termites in our culture that are going to bring people fall out rebelling against the police and fighting against all of them little termites, little termites, little termites that's eating into the very fabric and the very foundation of this country. How can you expect a house if you don't get them termites out? How exactly do you expect the, uh, the house to stand? How exactly? It's just a matter of time before the whole house crash in on itself. If you see one termite in the house, that's cause for concern. We got many, because normally one is an indication of many. Just like roaches. You see one roach, you've got a thousand normally. Pharaohs that see spiritually. Father, we need leaders that, that will see spiritually. Pharaoh was a secular leader that had the, don't you know that this appointment of Joseph pissed off his officials, some of his officials, pissed off some of his, some of his high-ranking individuals who thought they were next in line, they thought they could have been. Joseph, Pharaoh said, forget that nonsense. Joseph, my man. Joseph didn't have the degrees. Joseph hadn't been trained in the, in the Egyptian schools. Joseph hadn't, man, all that stuff. Pharaoh said, what we need is somebody that's hearing from God and going to tell us what God wants us to do so that we can save this country. Enough of you eggheads. You eggheads is what got us in the state that we're in. Pharaoh said, I don't hear nothing else from no eggheads. Joseph, Pharaoh didn't ask for a vote. He didn't put it before the committee. He, Pharaoh said, Joseph, you. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, see, he asked them, can we find anyone like this man in whom the Spirit of God? But then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning as as wise as you. You should be in charge of all my palace, and all my people I submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. Pharaoh made this decision himself. Asked no, ain't got no vote. No, he didn't all in favor for Joseph. All don't want to vote for Joseph. All don't want to vote for... Ah! Joseph, you. Keep right on taking everything to a committee. Keep right on taking everything to a vote if you want to. God wants some men in leadership positions that, that have the courage and have the, the forthright authority to make a decision, whether it's popular, whether it's unpopular, whether people like it, whether not. Pharaoh didn't because he saw spiritually. When you see spiritually, you don't need a vote. You just make the decision. God has told you. God has shown you. Make the decision. Move. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we thank you this evening for everything you share with us, for every one of your prophecies. Father, we pray that we uh, will receive instruction from you in preparation for the days to come. That uh, We pray, Father, that, that you will strengthen us and encourage us that we may uh, be, in, be able to, to continue moving forward in your good, pleasing, and perfect will as your word and your spirit uh, manifest uh, the destiny of this generation. We thank you, Father, and we bless your name, Father. We pray for your people near and far under the sound of my voice, Father, that uh, you will strengthen and encourage them. Open blind eyes, Father, just as Joseph was sent to open the eyes of his of Pharaoh and, and, and his generation, we pray, Father, that your spirit will open the eyes of as many as you see fit in this generation, that your people will not be caught unaware. This is our prayer. We count it done. 
in the mighty and the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Since you can reach us through email at thechristensearnchurch at gmail.com, check out our website at www.archurch.com backslash member backslash t backslash tccc. Feel free to join us on TalkShoe, Spreecast, YouTube, and iTunes at 9 a.m. 7 p.m. daily. On TalkShoe, call 724-444-7444. Enter ID 17959. On Spreecast, type in Robert Bryan on YouTube and the Christian Center Church channel. You can see excerpts of Apostle Robert Bryan on YouTube. Donations should be sent by using the donation button on the church website or our TalkShoe homepage. God bless you and heaven smile you in Jesus' name. Amen.